Oh, to come up later. You're the man. Always hiding it. Always keeping on. All right, let's step it off, brother. All right, let's go. Ready? One, two, three. Welcome back, everybody, to the most awesome and brand new sports podcast coming at you as we always do. And we have a dynamite episode 121 for your eardrums. Guys, do us a favor. Please subscribe. Leave five stars. Tell a friend. Shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana, and with me, as always, Matt Vitell. Most awesome. Oh, shit. Even this podcaster's got one eyeball. I can see that that's a good call. It's a good call. It's a good call. You can announce it so much, like you're just on top of it. I'm a PTP, baby. Yes, that's right. You do not give up. What do you got yourself in just kind of the the rookie class of up and coming, just play by play sports announcers? Like, is this the first time you really got your beak wet? Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is, is Dr. Mrs. The Commission was like listening, and she's like, I think it's you have the pattern down, like the little, like, chatter patter that they've got down because you just listen to sports like all the time i, yeah. I really i really just walk into it i don't want to like it's not a great accomplishment i still can't say russell westbrook we're a positive pod here but it's still it's like yeah it's like i just you know i just roll the headphone phones out go for it and let's let's fucking do this it's fun yeah so it is your first time but it was always kind of i think it came up on a past pod there wasn't you would be a sports reporter wasn't that on your list of jobs that you would have so. not necessarily a play-by-play i think it was like a sports journalist maybe yeah yeah definitely sports journalists like in the vein of uh the guy we we comment on all, all the time bill simmons and that sort of stuff and you know more more like a talking head less of like what we're doing now the the play-by-play stuff never never interests me i always thought it was like a uh uh, just like a weird way to like watch sports. Like I, I, I always thought about. Is it just like the like let the nerd do his thing? Like just the stats guy being like. Yeah, yeah, or just like I would much rather watch the game and not being able to like curse or sw- swear or have like real emotion. Yeah, you know that would be like a bummer to watch these exciting games. Or like if I saw somebody that was a former Ohio, you felt the rest. Like I'm not huh? going to be unbiased. No way, not going to do yeah. it. All that is going to come back up in the pot. Well, guys, we got a jam-packed episode 121. We're doing Rip from the Headlines. We're doing Mount, uh, Mount Rushmore, Hometown Edition. Mm. That's right. Uh, I'm from Kansas, but boy, M.A. from Detroit. We're just going to put together our Mount Rushmore of greatest athletes of all time from our area. We're going to hit that inbox like we always do. Going to check in on the Mad League Series 2020 all-time NBA teams. That's what we're talking about a little up top. It's on Twitch. You can find it. We'll drop it when we get in that segment. But most awesome on every game, just batting a thousand percent. Just doing the play-by-play. We're having a lot of fun. The Apollo Showdown, we're doing Time Capsules. Just a fact. Just a fact. The Apollo Showdown, uh, Time Capsule song. We're going to debate the top three songs we would just put. If we had an iPod, we only store three songs, and it's all we could have. What we put on there, you know, I hate music, so this should be fun. Right now, the gambling corner, if we have time for it, we'll see. We, we try to get there. We're going to do a how to win your home poker game, and we'll finish as we always do with our MVP of the week. Ladies and gentlemen, you're a power. Starts now. Extra, extra, read all about it. I'm talking front page story all over the world. It shook up men, women, boys, and girls. The headlines there. If you want to be rich, then you better make sure that you got your shit. Oh, come on. All right, ripped from the headlines. Mount Rushmore, hometown edition. Why are we doing that this week, brother? Got to fill this rip section some way, <laughs> somehow, my friend. It's a good idea, though. I like it because, you know, we we both have, you know, I think our, our growing up, our sports heroes really kind of shaped our sports passion and love and so why not give a little tip of the map to those that uh, created that mount rushmore early on at least that's how i took it right yeah exactly like yes yeah, it's, it's tip of the map like we weren't uh obviously we don't have a lot to reduce from all the sports going on so yes. we're just like what's interesting segments and i think just getting a little insight on the athletes we kind of grew up and shaped what we're seeing and also like coming differently because you know like i think there's different sports like obviously not like bearing the lead but i'm going to be talking probably a little bit more college basketball because that's the kind of town that i grew up in and you're going to yeah. be a little bit more on maybe a 
basketball tip based on your age, a little football going in there. We'll see how it happens. Um, all right, so we're going to name four players, uh, most awesome from the Motor City, Detroit, right. Michigan. Uh, I am from Kansas. I'm going to count Kansas City, born in Topeka. Nobody gives a shit. I give you all the backstory, but you guys are fine. You'd be, you'd be struggling to go Mount Rushmore <laughs> Topeka. You'd be like Larry from the corner. <laughs> you, you, you never met Vincent, but he could shoot a dirty <laughs> three from that 45-degree angle. Uh, yes, I'll be counting, obviously, the Kansas City team sports or people born in Kansas or got there somehow. You did. You sent me a great text uh, earlier today. Also, you were just like, are we talking, like, athletes that play for Detroit teams or people from Detroit? And uh, the same with Kansas. I just think – and I think we laid it out well, right? Because it's just, like, there's some people that are, like – Cleveland is very much a part of LeBron James' legacy. But there are just some people that are just like, you know, born in Dallas and we're just like, oh, I fucking never knew that. Like that just happened. So it's just kind of like, what do you don't have to be born there or maybe you didn't even have to play there, but you just brought something to that town. So right out of the gate, uh, I'm going to go at my, I'm not going to rank him. I'm going to rank him. That's, that's yeah. safe for Nia. But uh, yeah. I'll, I'll do, I'll do uh, George Brett. Let's just get a little baseball Great. tip right here. A uh, rules player. I mean, really, I, I think it'd be inarguably like the greatest world's player of all time, right? I mean, there's a lot of oh yeah, without 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 a doubt. I mean, I can't even think of like maybe Brett Saberhagen. I mean, I'm trying to I'm going really deep into the Rolodex. I, I, I guess I like Bo Jackson maybe, but still oh, yeah, yeah. like uh, a little split. But a uh, 13-time All Star, um, you know, led the team to World Series 1985. Just yeah. had that fire passion, right, early. Like, I, it was before Twitter, before social media, but he was still the guy that would make a highlight reel because the Pine Tar game, like, storming them out. Just a lot of passion in the game and just fun to watch and then just, like, a part of just the the whole Kansas City sports aura. So, I got, yeah. I got George Brett in the Mount Rushmore. I got to do that. Yeah, he's fantastic. I love George Brett. Uh, had that amazing hitting season, almost came close to 400. Uh, character off the field as well, too. Too, if you remember, yeah, you don't like talk about this, but it's just like anybody that can handle something like that and just take it in stride and just like, yeah, it's just like, all right, <laughs> but also <laughs> like wanting to tell the story too. Like, <laughs> no one, no one really wants to regale you the stories of when they shit their pants. But Brett was, or George Brett was like, I am in on this, you guys gotta hear this story. <laughs> I'm all in, here's what went down. Uh, all right, give me the first, first face first, on your first mind. up there. So I'm going to go, we, I've talked about him many, many times. We talked about Barry Sanders. Um, yeah. So he's not obviously from Detroit, but we drafted him, played his entire career. And, you know, when Detroit Lion football wasn't great at all, it was like, we have the most dominant running back. And I know Emmett Smith was there in Dallas, but watching Barry Sanders was nothing that, you could imagine on a it's it's probably how like cheese fans feel about Mahomes today like he was able yeah. to do things that you're like i don't know how he could do that uh and then just walked unfortunately away from the game it was but as a young man growing up in detroit like we didn't have much to cheer about by way of football but he was the best thing coming out of it and so that's why i put him up there on my uh my mount rushmore which is nuts if you guys are a little bit younger than us which um Hope you are. Hope we get that younger audience. But if you listen, yeah. like go back and watch Barry Sanders' video because that kind of it changed the game. I think running backs were a little bit more valued, but still, it, it wasn't. There weren't a lot of successful quarterbacks in Detroit, so we we're no. still looking like a lot of like eight, maybe even nine in the box, and him still able to like make those moves, like make three people miss, and also like it, it's just it's it's part of our childhood also because Thanksgiving games, like you remember those, is just like everyone got to see him on the national stage in a time when there wasn't an NFL Sunday ticket. Right. Like you didn't watch Detroit a lot because there wasn't a lot of Detroit Monday Night Football. Like right, you just right. like, that's when you got to see him and it's just like, holy shit. Yeah, and he put on a, he would routinely put on a show and there was just times where like putting Ty Law on a fucking, you know, like Lazy Susan, just spinning them all around. It's unbelievable. Like they, they didn't even really have like traditional blocking assignments for the Detroit offensive line. They blocked areas because they didn't know, you know, typically in football, it's like, all right, you're going to go through this gap. You're going to yeah. hit the A gap. You're going to go here. You're going to block for three seconds and the running back's going to be through the hole. The linemen couldn't do that. They had to really hold their assignments in this, these sections because you never knew where Barry was going to dance to. And that was kind of the excitement of it. Cause every time he got the ball, 
sometimes he would lose yards, but routinely he would break off huge 20-yard chunks out of nothing. It was exciting every time. Yeah, I think we saw this a little bit for the like the X Factor for the Chiefs, and I think it was it wasn't you'd have to credit Barry Sanders a little bit. Maybe maybe not the evolution, maybe not the guy that started it, but at least being like, I'm gonna look at that hole. If that hole doesn't look good, I'm gonna backpedal a little bit. I'm gonna reverse direction and just like try to build a play out of nothing. As, yeah. as a running back, right? Wasn't it like it used to be cloud of dust, right? It was and, and I know that was a like a little pass, and I'm sure there's like, you know, there's Walter Payton, like all the other guys that are just like compounded and like make moves happen. But he seemed to be like one of the first guys I can remember. And maybe like, I'm not old enough to remember all of them. But it was just like, I'm going to make something out of nothing. Like it's, it's not enough for me to be like, Oh, this is going to be like a game of one. It's just like, no, I think I see all the guys closing in here. I think it's an opportunity somewhere else. I just got to buy my time and then get over there. Yeah. And I think to that point is I, I'm pretty sure he holds the record for like a career negative yard, yard rushes. Like, he yeah. would routinely lose a couple of yards by dancing and I, like every Detroit fan was a hundred percent fine with him because it was like, yeah. he was a centerpiece of our offense. So if he's going to lose five yards, fuck it, who cares? He will break off a 30 yarder or a 99 yarder or something like that. Like he'll just do it. Yeah. So it's a lot more exciting to watch. And it's like, oh. you bring a little bit of passion also. It's just like, Oh, absolutely. Jennifer. Absolutely. All right. Another face I got up there is uh, I went, well, Chamberlain. This was kind of my like, yeah. Will the Stills, maybe the Brooklyn Nets from Mad League. I don't know if I'm being like <laughs> a little too tight in, but uh, definitely a legendary player for KU basketball. Basketball is, uh, I mean, the the main if you if you talk sports in true Kansas, like that is the lineage. It's college basketball, and he was yeah. uh, a large part of that. One sport that we don't talk a lot. I'm glad you went with like an older school player because I have an old older school athlete up on my board or up on my my monument, if you will. So Detroit is like has a rich history of boxing. Okay. And like Michigan in general is is a huge boxing city. Like in its heyday, um, you had like Thomas the Hitman Hearns, the Motor City Cobra. Uh, Emmanuel Stewart was like this famous Motor City Cobra. What a Motor nickname! City. I know, That's right? Awesome. That's fucking lethal. Uh, Sugar Ray Robinson, Emmanuel Stewart was this great, like famous uh, boxing coach who trained like a whole bunch of greats, but it all started with the baby, probably the best heavyweight of all time. One of the best heavyweights of all time, Joe Lewis. There's a gigantic monument in downtown Detroit, the fist of Joe Lewis. You see it on every like telecast in Detroit. That's that. And, and it's representative. Uh, You know, he wasn't born in Detroit, but he shortly moved there after Detroit to detroit gold glove winner i think it was like the brown bomber was like 66 and three over his career had like a stretch of 25 uh uh, consecutive heavyweight defenses um you know it troubled guy later on in his life but what was like the the best heavyweight you know kind of world one world war one era of fighters and uh was fantastic so he's got to be if we're talking detroit athletes like he just he's got to be up there some way somehow. No, great call. I, I like. I'm glad you got him. Like you're officially put him on the. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Great. Great. Uh, is that? Did you get into boxing at all ever? Like in Detroit or like it's. Yeah, I mean the, it, the boxing. Like when I was growing up, was you know like Tyson was scary. You had uh, Vander Holyfield. You had Riddick Bowe. Uh, it was kind of definitely like trailing toward the like downslide where yeah. Don King and those guys really bastardized the sport and really like segmented. Uh, then it kind of came back. I mean, uh, uh, Roger Mayweather, Floyd's father, F- Floyd's uncle was a great coach in Grand Rapids. So it's not Detroit, but it is Michigan. You had Chris Bird, who was another heavyweight out of Flint. Um, so Michigan is steeped in like boxing culture. Um, but obviously, you know, the boxing, Dante Wilder now and, and Tyson Fury are kind of the two people that people think about in terms of boxing, but it really hasn't kind of come back all the way. Well, we, we knew, uh, we know from basketball that you, uh, athlete played a little, uh, college volleyball. Was yeah. there, what was your, what was your training coming up? Did you, did you get into boxing like personally, like training at any point, like kind of oh, growing no. up? No, 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 no. But was no. it, was it everywhere? Like, was it more rampant than you would see it? Like Detroit, was there just a lot more like kind of corner boxing gyms? Like, did you still feel the vibe of just like Detroit being a boxing city or Yes, yes, especially early, like in the in the late '80s, with like Thomas Hearns and those famous fights with uh, uh, Sugar. 
not sugar was it sugar ray i'm thinking of it anyways uh but yeah there was there was a lot of great fights especially like the mid to late 80s it's it definitely like took a back seat once tyson went down and that was that but yeah there's a lot of boxing gyms there's a lot of famous boxing gyms in downtown detroit um but yeah it's definitely like it's got its traditions it's just you know uh, you know it's one of those things sports basketball took fire and a lot of those athletes didn't go there anymore and then boxing wasn't as cool and you you didn't want to get in the face you wanted to dunk on people so that's that's i I was always i was just kind of like uh with like t-balls that's been on the pod like three or four times uh most famous for the margaritas last time there's just like (laughs) uh we went to a couple boxing classes and it's always like I, i don't know there's there's some things that just have like a legit culture around it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like it has like a legit vibe. Like it's not like CrossFit kind of cropped up nowhere. I'm not comparing it to that, but it's just like, there's just a mindset where it's just like, I don't respect the gym. Like there's just, there's something like I always really liked about boxing that was kind of in between like playing an intramural sport and then like, but you're not doing like karate or something. There's still like the discipline of like a martial art and like respecting the gym and everything, but it's just yeah. like all putting your work to get there. And it's interesting too, with like the way that some of those gyms are the way that they're kind of laid out and everyone is on the same timer, like that three minute timer that goes throughout. And it is, there is like a little like, you know, Wait, what was that? What's, what's that three minute timer talk on that? So a lot of gyms will do this where they'll basically like have a buzzer simulating like the three minute rounds. Yeah. So basically you're training in the duration of the round that you're like, you would fight. So they would just run it off. And so you'll see guys kind of like do their own thing and like move from different stations to the heavy bag, to this, to that. And we'll all be on like the timer there. The, the, like in the old school gyms, these buzzers would go off. Okay. And then everyone would kind of reset shift and it wasn't like it was like a it wasn't like it was like CrossFit where it's like a sign like I go to this station next. It was kind of like just how they felt the the vibe of what they were doing next. Yeah, and it's probably like establishing just like just getting ingrained in your synapses like how long three minutes are. Yep. Yeah. You know, yeah like here, like you keep training, and if you like, you know, if you and I go work at a gym and there's just a buzzer that goes off every three minutes, like. I'm going to know outside just the civilian world, like how long three minutes exist. Like, you know, I'm just going to have that natural instinct just based on how many times I've heard it. Right. Exactly. Yep. 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 Yeah. All right. Uh, I threw James Naismith up on there. I got to, and then we're back yeah. on the college basketball tip. Uh, born in Canada. Uh, he was teaching in Massachusetts, 1891 when he actually invented basketball, but there's a statue outside of the field house and everyone accredits just kind of that being where basketball started. Lawrence, Kansas, where I went to college, Rock Chalk Jayhawk. Uh, Got to throw him up there. It's, it's a game that we all enjoy on both levels. Like it's because of that. We see it on the college and we see it on the pro levels. Like it's, it's a game that just started from scratch. And Mad League. I mean, if it wasn't for James, Anderson, <laughs> we don't have Mad League. So, so, so that's off to you. Yeah. Be able to announce that game at 10 30 and it doesn't matter after this game. Um, I'm gonna go with another, uh, I'm gonna go with a baseball player who is from Waterford, Michigan, just the suburbs of Detroit. Famous two star athlete at Michigan State, played football and baseball. Going with Kirk Gibson. This dude was another level athlete. Uh, was an excellent football player, like tight end kind of slash wide receiver for Michigan State. Uh, then was drafted to play baseball, went and played for the Tigers, won a World Series with the Tigers, then went to the Dodgers, has the famous hobbling home run in the World Series, pumping that fist. Everyone's seen it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's great. The, Tommy Lasorda has got the great story about how Gibson, like, basically is like, I'm going in. And it's like, you know, he, he didn't think he was going to be able to play because he could barely walk gets up there and just smokes a home run in the outfield and the 88 world series. Um, he was a fantastic athlete. And like I said, he was from Michigan and growing up again, eighties, nineties baseball was really probably at its, at its apex for, for me and having like a, a hometown guy that played on the tigers played on the, the bless you boys, 84 championship, then went over and played for the Dodgers. Uh, it was fantastic. He was great. He was a great athlete. So yeah, I, th- I think you have the right time frame on this. Also, like we're just talking about Rush Mount Rushmore. It's our Mount Rushmore is what yeah. matters to us. So it's just like you know, like that mid to late '80s, early '90s. Like uh, we're collecting baseball cards, right? Baseball cards are at their peak. Like okay, it's just right. like baseball was. 
baseball was the number one go-to sport. Like NFL eventually just took it over for me. And I think, I think it had more to do with access. Like, I, like, I don't remember like trying to catch baseball games. Like it was like weird to watch them, but it was definitely like baseball cards are where it started. So it was just like rooting for these guys. And also you have a guy on your list that has, uh, I, it's definitely a top, tw- I'll do top 20. I think I do top 20, like highlight reel. You know exactly what you're watching. You know what I'm saying? Like if you if you just see that clip of like Gibson pumping his fist, like whenever like you're just oh, like yeah. sports moments of all time, like you gotta include that in the conversation. Yes. Oh no, that's go- oh that's really good. That's really interesting. Yeah, it definitely is like a that is a clip that has been shown basically in any moment. It's like such a true like moment of spirit and like determination. And like you know, just all kind of come, and you could feel it in it. Like you could see yeah. his emotion. In yeah, it. Exactly. It makes yeah. it great. Yeah, it's fantastic. Uh, why aren't there more? I'm going to spring one on you right now. Like, why aren't there more kind of two sport athletes in the pros? Why? Why could that never catch on? I know some guys took some swings at it. Deion Sanders, Bo Jackson, yeah. obviously, and it's just yeah. like, is it? I mean, it's probably got to do with just contracts and shit, like all the red tape. Like you just can't be back and forth, and yeah. the overlap of the schedules overlap of the schedule success level of these guys starting to do it you know you had uh chris wanky who played baseball then put when came back to florida state played football played for like the panthers drew henson who split time with tom brady signed by the yankees um you know you just had guys as as sports as athletes have grown up like they become singularly focused on the sport that they need to play. Like contracts yeah. is one thing guys don't want them. You know, if I invest, if I have Patrick Mahomes and I'm going to be investing $200 million in the future on him, I don't want him going and playing triple a baseball. You know what I mean? That's why Russell Wilson gave up baseball to just focus in on football. Um, I, I think it's, I, I think guys are becoming too like focused and, and probably for the right. And then, it's That's hard true. to become there's successful there's, at that. Yeah, and there's too much money involved. I'm just like, how badass would it be? Like, if some of these guys want to clips like one last thing, like LeBron James or whatever, like you just want to stay in the conversation forever. How badass would it be to get like the EGOT equivalent in <laughs> like just actually sports to be like, I have an NBA title and I have a Super Bowl ring, or like I have like an MLB like championship and I have a Super Bowl ring, you know, like just like be able to drop both of those would be absolutely nuts. Like yeah, that guy would have to be a part of the conversation of greatest athletes of all time for the, the rest of the time. Yeah. And you've got guys like Antonio Gates was a basketball player and then became a tight end. was a really good football player signed initially with Michigan state. Some things happened and didn't end up going to Michigan state, went to Kent state. And then would just focus on, on, on basketball, but wasn't tall enough or good enough to play basketball, then tried out as a free agent waiver or, you know, free agent in, uh, in San Diego slash LA chargers. And uh, yeah, so I think it's just that. I think it's like, God, these guys are like, fuck it. I just got to, I got to find a way to get paid and I'm going to put all my eggs in this basket. Yeah. That makes sense. And well, Way to go on LA Chargers and not going to San Diego Chargers. I think you rubbed my nose in a little bit, and that's fair enough. I said both actually, just to cover both bases, because <laughs> I was like, when did he start? He started there when they were in San Diego. Way to rub my uh, nose um, in it. All right, the last one I got on my Kansas slash Kansas City slash the Missouri has to roll in a little bit because that's where Kansas City is. If you haven't looked at a map, uh, I got Pat Mahomes too early. Too early to throw Pat Mahomes up here. I mean, so, let, let me not, give you like not, I, not not on our listeners' <laughs> ears. No, absolutely not. So I've known Kansas fans for a really long time, and um, I've never seen them hyped by a player so much. He already has one ring, probably has one and a half rings. If we look at that offside in the Patriots game, like I don't know, like it just I, obviously I'm not going to give it to him, but it's like he's already cooking with gas. He's super young. Uh, Kansas City did the right way. He was able to sit on the bench for the first year. Like, and he is, like, you can't argue, like, one of the top, at least top three faces of the future of the league, and he's only got a way to go up. So, I just, yeah. I think right now, like, I I bought it's, my stock of homes maybe a little too late, but I still, like, I'm all in on him, and I really think, like, you know, three or four rings isn't insane. Right. It's super exciting for a guy like Pat Man, Pat Mahomes, where so 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 there's so many things that could go wrong in that and that stew of Pat Mahomes, like becoming a yeah. professional athlete. 
but it's but, like, but also let, let, let me put this real and i want you to finish yeah when we're talking about a player of this caliber that's all you can do is point out things that could go wrong right. like it's just like things could get kind of fucked up but it's like for all intents and purposes proving surviving the league like proved is a playing style that's hard to get around and it's just like on the way up so all you can do is you can just dock for like shit that could get yeah it's not it's not docking it's not it's the it's the simple fact that we've seen daryl strawberry all world talent go to the mets likes the likes the yak you know (laughs) what i mean like it 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 can sometimes stuff like this can go wrong in in history is on the side of being like well something is going to happen because it is it's just it can't happen too so perfectly but it's like you've got son of an athlete right so he's he's yeah. familiar with the professional environment which actually bodes well we're starting to see a, a generation of uh kids from professional athletes that now are just like way more mature ready to come into league can handle their own then he sat behind alex smith and i know a lot of chiefs fans give alex smith shit but that was important in his foundation. Yeah, exactly. I totally agree with that. Like you don't get, you get away from that Cleveland thing. And I'll, I'll keep you really short, but you know, that's my big thing. I talk about it a lot on the pod, like throwing quarterbacks out there too early and destroying their careers. Yeah. And then you've got then Andy Reed and Eric Bieniemy and like a fantastic offensive minds. And then you mix in an all world arm and talent and you put it in a rabid fan base with Kansas city and an organization where it's just all kind of accumulating where, like we, I have just we just talked about Barry Sanders, right? So he, we had all these things, but we missed a little bit on like the organization side. Barry Sanders, fantastic guy, like unbelievable athlete, but just didn't quite have it with the organization. Didn't have yeah. you know had Wayne Fonts and bad bad you know Bobby Ross, and he fucking retired because he didn't want to do deal with Bobby Ross any longer. So you yeah. have this like all these things coming together, and it's it's it's. We can all sit there and put it at the feet of Patrick Mahomes. We have to realize, like, this gets cooked in the same stew that's, like, pretty amazing. Yeah, it's, it's always kind of, like, it's all these circumstances once. And the reason I put Pat Mahomes on this is because, like, all the boxes check off. Seems to have his head on. Wasn't forced in the game. Playing on a good, like, offensive, aggressive organization like uh young enough, like seems to get it it's just like it's just perfect like there's nothing like the sky's the limit yeah 100 percent. yeah and that's that's the most exciting thing so it's totally justified to put them on your on your uh uh mount rushmore for kansas because it's 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 due i mean he's gonna come yeah it's, it's, it's slightly early but it seems like it's the right time and <laughs> he does yeah you know he has a he has a super Simple ring. What am I going to do? Lynn Dawson? Nice right. right, exactly. Uh, I'm going to go uh, the captain for my final spot, Steve Eiserman, Stevie Y, uh, came to Detroit as like an 18-year-old kid. Detroit wanted to draft Pat LaFontaine, who grew up in the suburbs of Detroit. He was drafted ahead of uh, one pick ahead by the Islanders, so they defaulted on Stevie Eiserman. Stevie played 23 seasons, all with Detroit captain for basically two decades of that which is huge was an 18 year old all-star uh won three uh stanley cups uh all i mean all the accolades i mean really dominated the record record book so it's like again if we cared about hockey that's probably the achilles heel but steve eiserman was all of those things growing up was like the consummate team leader the captain from a young age like asserted himself as a fantastic player from the jump and we, I got to watch him for like two decades, and just he was an institution. So I know we talked about this in the last episode. You were, you were kind of into hockey at a young age, like you just kind of grew out of it. Yeah, you, you kind of. Ha- I mean, growing up in Detroit, you kind of have to be because the Red Wings, when I grew up, were the dominant hockey team. They're part of the original eight. You have ho- downtown hockey. Uh, downtown Detroit has Hockey Town right by the Joe Joe Lewis Arena, where they would. Uh, play and it's just a whole environment and it's like you know throwing the octopus out onto the ice um for the original eight teams and stuff like that it's just uh it's a staple of detroit like growing up in detroit you are a hockey fan uh even if you don't really care about the sport you know i saw so we'll get out of this segment uh, and real quick fuck claude lemieux real quick <laughs> so i'll put that in there suck a dick claude uh no no pistons on your list that's a little surprising 
Yeah, because, you know, Bill Lambeer, Isaiah, Joe Dumars, like, they were there, but, I mean, they they, they moved, once they, once they moved on, they moved on, you know what I mean? I think, yeah. I always think of Isaiah as, like, an, a Chicago kid. I don't think of him as a Detroit Piston, or, like, a Detroit native. Yeah, I'd be like, if you're a Tim Wolves fan, and you're just like, I got Kevin Garnett. It's just like, okay, so right before he went to the Celtics to win a championship, like, right, fast, maybe. <laughs> right, <laughs> right, 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 right. You know, um i guess um if there's anything you think we missed we know there's a lot of kansas fan probably 50 percent of our fan base uh and detroit fans probably two percent of our fan base just an email you would love a list mab sports podcast at gmail.com let's jump in the inbox all right um inbox number one we're talking rivalry uh they're going to renew the ku versus mu sports rivalry rivalry in the next few years well younger sports fan under the age of 21 even care uh, do you have to grow up with a rivalry to truly get it what's the most forced produced stupidest rivalry in all the sports right now all right so i think we're talking about this because uh ku uh mu left the division that ku was in yeah they were in the big 12 and then they moved to the sec for football because they wanted missouri to you know, playing a better conference in the Big 12 and compete and get those big dollars hasn't really fared well for Missouri uh, in football or basketball. Yeah, here's what I say. Here's the, this is going to get a bigger thing, and we can go as deep dive uh, into the hole as you want to. Like, sure. No one gives a shit about KU football. Like, right. that's true. Right. KU dominates uh, top, you know, six – just entities of all time in college basketball like non-debatable yeah tier one blue blood blue blood do people give a shit about college basketball anymore it'll be interesting 2021 will be the litmus test if anyone cares about college basketball anymore i think everyone will care about the tournament march madness but the regular season i don't know and especially if these these hot famous you know 18 year olds are are, are leaving to go to the NBA, I, I try to remember back to like when Kevin Garnett and Darius Miles and Jonathan Bender and these guys, like, were we caring about college basketball? Like, I think so. I mean, I think so, I think but I mean, I, yeah, because because it, it makes it different. It almost like now what that will create, and my argument would be, and I hope it's for the positive because I do like college basketball, but I do, especially over the last like three, four, five years, find myself caring less. Like we talked about. We fired up this podcast and um, like right before March, right? Uh, when we first started doing this, so we were kind of coming into it. And I remember thinking, I was just like, haven't watched a lot of college ball. I just like, is it is will college basketball now feel like a little bit more of an amateur league where it's just like, okay, well, I can watch it for this sake and not necessarily watch like true talent going the NBA, or is it going to be like the reason I kind of can't get into like college football is just like i just want to watch the game played at its best yeah and i think um i it's a great point and playing it at its best is the important factor uh because if guys are going to be jumping to the league early or going and playing in developmental leagues or going to europe you know rj hampton went to uh new zealand or the australia league along with Lamelo anthony uh, who are two probably top five picks in this upcoming draft. Then you had James Weissman, who got who basically missed the whole season with Memphis uh, before you know the pandemic kind of shut the season down. So you've got a couple factors. You've got the NCAA stepping all over themselves, kind of fucking with the kids already. Uh, you've got the potential you know one and done rule being eliminated in 2021, and then you've got guys that maybe won't get drafted but then want to go get paid right away so we watch college basketball because we want to watch zion and we want to see these super talented kids come in there we want to see the fab five if they don't have that yeah it definitely is going to diminish it um it'll be interesting to see what the wrinkle is if the amateur status of these athletes are now removed and they can go out and get endorsement deals and I think it's going to create a, I think it's, I think there's going to be some unintended consequences. I think there's, uh, there's going to be even more transferring of kids. That's the other thing. When we grew up watching college basketball, like when we were ravenous for college basketball, guys stuck around, guys stayed. You're, you're, you're exactly right. This thing with KU. Like I remember like, just like, I remember Drew Gooden 
announcing he was going to the NBA, there was just like a backbreaker. Like didn't expect it. It was just like, oh, that's wild. Like I like see Jacques Vaughn, like right. got to see just like Boshi, like all these guys, like Heinrich and just like playing out like their years. I was just like, you got to see something develop, which was fun to invest in. It's just like, oh shit. Okay. Well, these are freshmen. They look really good. We're out in the elite eight this year. But now it's just like an entirely new team the next year. It's just like, do I want to invest in like catching up on that and also watching amateur status? Yeah, it, it becomes a lot. Like uh, uh, Jayhawk, who then went to Syracuse and then Nebraska, uh, uh, Andrew White, played for three teams in his college career. And that's not like a one-off. Like there's a couple guys that have played through transfer rules, grad transfers hardship rules like there's all these different rules for guys to transfer and look at i i'm not i'm not denying these guys go out there and, and try and find the best position for them that's that's not what i'm saying it's just it, it from a fan's perspective unless you're just that's your sport and that's what you invest in it's hard to kind of keep track of it because it really is free agency on the college level uh you know i i'd be remiss to sit there and say like i know exactly what's going on with michigan basketball i'll probably catch up before the fall starts or when you know whenever the basketball season starts just to see i know they got it like a grad transfer from or when prattle gets on here and catches us up that's right but what's up prattle where you at boy oh he got oh shut up real quick uh the prattle pod he got engaged congratulations oh good work let's think uh let's try to remember to tag him and post this yeah okay all right well yeah so what will matter to any anyone under 21 no, I mean, unless unless they start rolling out Fortnite into the college basketball game, like, <laughs> no one's going to give a shit. Sorry. Uh, all right, uh, do you have to grow up with a rivalry to truly get it? I, I, think, I, I, don't, I, I think, like, so he, here's the thing about rivalries. Like, there's, they're just not true. Like, you go with Ohio, you fill out the rest. Like, yeah, baby. just don't. It's in your blood, and it's in your blood for a certain reason, and you just hate a team just unabashedly without any really logic behind it. You're just like, I hate those guys. So it's like, yes, I do. I would think it's really hard to move to New York and just like hate the Red Sox if you didn't like grow up like hating the Red Sox. It's actually probably the reverse of that. Like, it'd be hard to hate the Yankees if you didn't like go to Boston. You're just like, I hate the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is one of those things. Like, I, I definitely think it's important, and I think it's important too. The other thing is, is it can't be a one-sided affair. Like I think about it now between that's Michigan. on my list. I and okay, we'll throw the next question out there also. Yeah. What's the most force-produced stupidest rivalry in all sports right now? Because I didn't want to say that. I want to say a one-sided affair. I don't want to step in your point, but I totally agree. Like they become all rivalries. I put down Boston, New York specifically, and I brought it up, but it's like rivalries become less interesting when it's just like one-sided. Like it's just not real rivalry. Michigan, With Michigan, teams. Ohio. You felt the rest right now. I mean, I'm I, you know. Yeah, it's tough. If I if I'm if I'm a yeah. nine year old most awesome yeah. rooting for Michigan, I'm probably like just stewing all day every day, you know, late November. But like if I'm a Ohio, you feel like the rest douchebag fan. Sorry, you little fuck face, whoever you are out there in the world. <laughs> sorry, I just got whoa, that got a little heated. I'm an adult man calling a nine year old a fuck face. Call them out. You call them out. But but it's like I probably wouldn't care about the Michigan game as much because it's like oh, we fucking kicked the shit out of them for the last for as long as I've been alive. Yeah, that's true. Like you go there and you're just like used to. So you grow up and you're you're a sports man. It's just like it's such. I don't want to under. I love this email because I don't want to underestimate. Like just um, I, I don't want to get too sentimental. Also, but like being introduced to sports is. I don't know. It's you know, it's kind of like a, a boyhood, like, I'm my man thing on this part. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm going to get sports. Like, I'm going to be a fan of this team. I'm going to root for them. And, like, you take it super personally. Yeah, super yeah, personally. Yeah. So it's just, like, it would be, <laughs> like, it's almost child abuse to be, like, all right, like, right now, like, you're a Michigan fan. Uh, Ohio State game on tonight. It's just, like, let's go Michigan. It's just, like, how do you look at your son and just, like, there's no way we're winning this fucking game. <laughs> like, you hear that, Harbaugh? You got seven years to get it fucking figured out before Commissioner Jr. comes around. Uh, I think that's perfect. All right, uh, next email. We're going to go into Fast and the Drago. Uh, what's the better movie franchise, Rocky or Fast and the Furious? Can I, can I ask you a question on this real quick? Of course. Does the Apollo or the, yeah, Apollo Creed, 
the the one with Michael B. Jordan, does that fall into the Rocky canon? Yeah, it's part of the franchise. Yeah. 100%. Oh, a hundred percent. Okay, then I've got my answer then. <laughs> no. Um, okay, so I don't think I've seen all the Rockies, and I don't think I've seen a single Fast and the Furious. I, 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 I tapped out at the Tokyo Drift one. I was like, no thanks, I'm done. Yeah, okay, so here, here's what I did. I Here's what hats off. So Rocky, well, you got to give Rocky. Is, yes, Rocky. Oh, why, why Rocky wins this uh, is because Rocky kind of invented the modern-day cinema underdog script. Right. Like that was, that's kind of, there's been, and it's also like, bow, 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 to, I'm, not to, I'm not trying to rip something off from like uh, Bill Simmons podcast or whatever, but I, they brought this up in their rewatchables, but it's just like, that is, and anybody that's like read a script, it's just like, there's so many models of movies that follow just like underdog guy, gotta just like dig deep with himself and like get the big upset from the big, and it's just like, that's all the, that's, they've done that at every fucking sport. Yeah. So I get it. What I will get Fast and the Furious is it's hard to damn near impossible to start a franchise from nothing. In a day where we're like Indiana Jones, where we're just like rebooting shit, where it's about a ride, it's about like a fucking comic book, it's about something else. Like just to be like, this is an original, we race cars really fast and we rob shit and then it's kind of ridiculous car stunts. Yes. But I enjoy to do the... Because I thought about it too. It's just like if if you and you know if you and Doctor Mrs. Kamish had a birthday last week, <laughs> but if you guys have a night to go out, I mean, you probably wouldn't do this. But sometimes just like you know, for that average couple, if they have like one night out every four months to see a movie, it's just like, do we want to see The Shape of Water, which is going to be like a tough like head hang, or do we just want to eat popcorn? Or and the big thing also, go to a movie where. I can go use the bathroom whenever I want to, and I'm not rushing back because I'm pretty sure I didn't miss shit. I'm pretty sure that when I get back, I'll catch up on everything. Right, right, right. I got to give both kind of the hats off, but like as the original, like starting from scratch, like I got to, I got to tip my hat to Rocky. It's so, yeah, very good point, Brandana. Uh, It's so funny to me. It's like, which is more believable like the ridiculous fight scenes in rocky where they're just like standing toe to toe and just drilling each other or jumping like across the grand canyon or like you know what i mean like leaping from one flying car to the next flying car in order to make it you know and vin diesel like just in general but uh so, so, so that's why that's why i give rocky the edge but there's also like and I and I maybe I because I, I haven't gotten as deep on it, but Rocky's got great moments of heart, right? Like there's a great monologue in like Rocky, the last one when Rocky like Sly Stallone is older, and then Milo Ventimiglia is his like son or whatever, and he like talks about life, how life's gonna kick the shit out of you, and it's not about how hard you hit, it's about how hard you get up after you've been hit. Like, like it's fucking, it is great. Like it's a great scene. It gets you in all those feels, and Sly Stallone nails it. Fucking yeah, nails the scene. Yeah. I remember seeing like I remember seeing him interviewed for the. I either saw him interviewed for the first time after I saw Rocky, or I saw Tango and Cash, and I'm just like, oh, I really thought he was just like really stupid. Right. right. Because you watch Rocky, you're just like this guy's kind of. I mean, he's trying to make it work with everything he has, but in his interview, he's just like, oh, this guy had. It's he's a kind of good actor. Yeah, he's he's a sneaky good actor, but he's I mean he's he understands like he gets where what he is, and but he's a good I would say he's a good writer. He understands like thematically the moments and the beats, and I think like he's got some real life, he's got real life Rocky roots in him, like betting on himself. Like the whole Rocky script is the backstory behind that is fucking phenomenal. That is about yeah, right. Yeah. Do you have any details on that? Just off the fly, but I, was there a thing that they like tried to buy it from him, but he couldn't he couldn't act in it and it was like that's a pass yeah yeah no yeah he was broke like flat ass broke and they're like well this is a fantastic script we're gonna buy to you we're gonna give you like thirty thousand dollars or like 50 or like you know some paltry number in comparison he was like no i'm i want to star in this i want to act in this and they're like no no and he i mean can you imagine just like the stones it's got to take and like betting on yourself to sit there and be like i know this is the winning lottery ticket and I yeah. know you big studio, you know, who m- makes millions of movies and 
has done this for you know your entire career i'm gonna sit there and be like no 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 fuck no you're good i i, I need a star in this i can't imagine like i i would wilt under that pressure i don't think i would have that confidence to be like no i'm gonna bet on myself and that's why i love it and that's a whole that's the whole beauty of it. and then he wins you know and i think they won an oscar for it, right yeah, all right. Uh, Sylvester Stallone bet himself, and Vin Diesel did pitch black. So <laughs> MAB call is we're definitely going with Rocky on that. All right. Um, we are going to madly check in, bring us to the jam. Welcome back, my friends, to the show that never ends. We're so glad you could attend. Come inside, come inside. There behind the glass stands a real blade of grass. Be careful as you pass. Move along, move along. Come inside, the show's about to start. Guaranteed to blow your head apart. Rest assured, don't get your money's worth. With this show, it happened all right. You gotta see the show. It's a dynamite. You gotta see the show. It's rock and roll. All right. Mad League 2020, we took 100 of the greatest players of all time that built eight teams. We were down to the final four with a game last night. None of this is going to mean shit time-wise because you guys are listening on Monday, but we did have Celtics versus T-Wolves on Wednesday night. Um, the T-Wolves were favored by a point. Celtics ended up winning by three. Is that two? Two. two. Yeah, two. Yep. 98-96. A thrilling game. This is probably one of our best games of – mad league last night i think so it's, it's kind of like what we thought that oh we knew it would go into it and it's it just it's good this playing out like this because the game should get closer and closer the more we kind of champion right because yep. yes yeah. now we're we're kind of sifting through just the teams that everyone drafted good teams like hats off to the joie de vivec podcast like getting nice. them in a team like uh all, thanks buddy uh all the teams hanging out but it's just like now, now we're really getting kind of seeing what philosophies work now that we're down to the final four and i know your pistons are still alive playing tonight yeah nervous. The, uh, we'll always see that um what philosophies do you kind of see working i'm seeing um getting size and getting size inside and not worried so much about the three ball is kind of uh it's kind of taking over right yeah it's definitely like uh look for the mismatch right so if you've got a bigger point guard against a smaller point guard like we saw a lot oscar robertson for the clippers uh you know tom fleming's team posting up a lot in that game three on john stockton um so they really look to like all right it's the best possible shot i've got a the, the ai goes we've got a definitive mismatch here so this is what we're going to do and so i think we see that and um with everyone on the floor being hall of fame players stretching it out to the three point area, unless they have a wide open three, they're probably not going to pull that trigger because yeah. the, the, the margin of error is too great when you've got a, a hall of famer running at you. So get it into the post and an athletic big men who can move have dominated this game. Shaq being one of them, you know what I mean? It's the, it's Akeem Olajuwon, the other one have just been like 20 points, uh, you know, nine to 10 rebounds. Cause we're only playing 36 minute game or yeah, 36 minute games. So that's like a, I mean, they're really carrying the load. And then you need the other thing that you need with Kawhi Leonard for the Celtics, uh, James Harden that we're, that I'm noticing with my team is, is you not need a guy that they can just clear out, ISO and let him go to the work and either drive to the lane, try and get fouled or find a, a little angle to do a pull-up jumper. And so you need that creativity. And that's the next factor that I've seen offensively. All right. Uh, it may be underscore sports is our Instagram. You can see uh, we're great about sharing just kind of like when the times go down, what is the, what's the Twitch channel? We're airing them on Twitch and you'll hear uh, it's most also doing the play by play. I do a little color commentary. Uh, we'll drop the schedule right now, but what's what's the channel? Yeah, you go to twitch.tv backslash Mab Sports Podcast, all one word, and you can watch it. You can watch all the games that we have uh, recorded previously. I believe they last for like 14 days on Twitch. Um, so go out there, check it out, uh, get caught up to speed, or we'll be we'll, we'll be posting on our Instagram page when we're doing the live broadcast. So you can watch it in real time. 
there's a whole chat section where people are commenting in the chat section, which is a fun little, you know, extra added level to yeah, it. Um, so yeah, so it's, it's been a really good time, especially in an era with no sports. Uh, making it happen in our schedule. I think what we're looking at, this is tentatively guys. Uh, so we have a game tonight. Um, next week we're going to do game two of the Celtics T wolves, nine 30 Eastern Wednesday with the Lakers Pistons game two, nine 30 Eastern and Thursday, if necessary, both games three. Uh, aiming for around 9 p.m. And then we'll keep you updated about the finals. Guys, this is so excited. You want to get involved, shoot us an email at mabsportspodcast at gmail.com. Um, it is Neapolitan Showdown time. Oh, let's talk music. I don't know if I'm ready. Bring us the jam. So let's leave it alone. Because we can't see eye to eye. There ain't no good guy. There ain't no Neapolitan Showdown. We are doing top three songs to bring with you to a time capsule. So this was your suggestion. You know I hate music. We always talk about it. I hate hate music is strong. Just not my jam. I did the last couple of weeks I have started in the gym listening to music again. I kind of get it. I kind of get it. Oh, you're back on music? Yeah, let's just slow down. But it's just like I I understand why it exists. You're You're talking to music right now. I'm, <laughs> yes, I'm, I'm, I'm doing it. I'm going to let it play. So the idea here was, uh, it's more of just kind of, it's not your top three songs of all time. It's just kind of like, if you, it's to me, it's like when you hear this song, it brings you back to a specific moment in time. Like you can see it, you can feel it. You get the senses all back. Just want to hear that song. Yeah. So these are these are the ones for me that like when i instantly when i hear that song i'm transfixed to my that where i was my emotional state everything all right all right give me your number three what do you got my number three uh is the uh the fujis killing me softly and i'm going to tell you why what it is you want to play it or do you want to just or you want to lay it low and i'll talk over to no let's let's play just so everybody gets up to the board his fingers singing my life with his words killing me softly with his song killing me softly with his song telling my whole life yeah here it is wait yeah wait for it with his song. Ah. Yo. Yeah, yeah. This is why. Oh, man. Okay. You are jamming, this is, this is 1996 bringing me back to the homies' basement after post-homecoming. Everyone's jamming out. My buddy, his girlfriend, Stephanie, is like feeling this song playing on repeat over and over again and it's a good song and we're a bunch of suburban white kids just going with it loving this song craziest stuff i didn't even know what samples was i never i never heard of roberta flack i have no idea (laughs) i'm like this is the most talented group of all time did you have the thing later in life where you're just like oh my god this this uh roberta flack lady is covering this fuji song (laughs) right right right. my song's kind of on the same tip because i'm right in there it's um I got no diggity, no doubt, Blackstreet, but I think we're we're talking the exact same right time frame. I'm it's 1996. I'm in Elma, Kansas. I have my first discman. You save up like six bucks and you can buy that single CD. Like I was never like I was never a buy the entire CD guy. Like single CDs hit the market, and I was just poor like, investment when you think about it, right? <laughs> For another eight bucks more, you could get twelve more songs. <laughs> terrible, terrible investment. Let's see the jam. You know what? I like the play. No diggity, no doubt. Play on, play on. Play on, play on. Yo, Trey, drop the verse. 
It's going down, fades of black street. The homies got at me, collab creations. Bump like acne, no doubt. I put it down, never slouch. As long as my credit can vouch, a dog couldn't catch me. Baby Penny? Oh, yeah, yeah. Alright, yeah, that's uh that's that's my number three. That's, there's something about just remembering that first CD because it's also like discmans weren't iPods. So again we go back to our younger generation listening, but you just couldn't like switching discs was a thing. So you just like if you're listening out on the bus, your backpack has to have like the disc, and it's just like okay, well I'm done with this song, so open up the disc, man, take it out, put another disc in. Like it was yeah. like you can apply through songs. The the sport disc man, the yellow one, right? Everyone had that one. Waterproof. Oh, yeah. oh that bullshit. The fucking shit. Thing. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. <laughs> try, yeah, try putting that in your like hoodie front pouch. It's gonna skip all day. Just skipping. What's your number two, Ben? My number two, two thousand four, probably circa like January, February. I want to set the mood here. I just moved to Los Angeles. Wasn't wasn't working out very well for me. And uh, I just remember being in Burbank, sad as fuck in my Chevy blazer, melancholy as shit, girlfriend relationship not working out well, homesick. You didn't need Dr. Mish yet. No, no, no. I'd moved out for an entirely, entirely different lady. <laughs> that had brought me out to LA and then this song is just fucking playing. And every time I hear this song, I just think of sad MA in his Chevy blazer in like Burbank tooling around trying to fucking find Ikea. And it's like, I don't want to buy furniture for this fucking hellhole apartment that I live in. Well, every but time you get to hear this, please think of MA. Can you, it's it's hilarious to me this song like hearing sad ma like tear rolling down my face and be like all right all right all right all right all right it's like there's nothing funnier to me than just like sad melancholy ma hurting my heart brother. hurt my heart did you have a uh, so did you drive out to la or did you fly no i drove out took took my car out the chevy blazer packed it up really had like a sad amount of stuff to bring out to LA um, all by myself drove co- cross country from Detroit to LA uh, then got I got a place I, I lived we later Dr. Mrs. Commission I named it the Kaczynski shack because it was this little like uh, log cabin log cabin-esque pool house behind this elderly French couple and they rented it in North Hollywood 600 bucks a month uh it basically had when you walked into the uh, apartment you walked into the bathroom so there was like the toilet and the shower there because it's it was a pool house and they just put it in it like converted it and uh and i had a half like a little mini fridge a little little tiny stove and that was it man and all my ikea furniture that i bought from that burbank ikea and that's where i lived until uh i moved in you know across from uh you know, Bing and, and Joe and uh, Jim and all the, the friends of the pod. That's great. Yeah, I have the same story. Like, I uh, I moved from Kansas and just packed up everything. I lived in a car that could fit in a Chevy Cavalier. And then it was just all that. I, I remember, like, I brought my, like, golf net or whatever. Like, you guys didn't come with me. That's all right. Uh, right, right. Two song for me. Um, 2000, I was graduating high school. Um, there's one line in it. Uh, the race is long and it's only against yourself. That's what this, uh, anyway, that met me. I have a tattoo on my left forearm, and it's basically like that's where the race starts, that's where it ends, but it's only you that's here to Gentlemen of the class of 99, wear sunscreen. If I could offer you only one tip for the future, sunscreen would be 
it. The long-term benefits of sunscreen have been proved by scientists, whereas the rest of my advice has no basis more reliable than my own. <laughs> I like it. Memory. I was like, it's good. We really want to milk it right now. I will dispense this advice now. Enjoy the power and beauty of your youth. Well, never mind. You will not understand the power and beauty of your youth until they fade it. But trust me. 20 years, you look back at photos of yourself. All right, so this is Baz Luhrmann. If you haven't heard it in a while, uh, commencement speech he wrote, regrouped over some music, and it uh, still holds up. Holds up today. It does. Yeah, you know what? And I like it. I think as we get older, I think like we talked about the the monologue from from you know Rocky Four. I think it was like this stuff starts to like sink in. You're like, oh, yes, yeah. they were right. They were right. They, they were. There's there's something about youth that just makes you like, uh, all right, old timer. I'm never gonna be old. There's this weird thing where it's just like, no matter how wise you are when you're young, you like you know you're gonna get older, but it's still like ah, I'm not gonna get older tomorrow. And then eventually it is just it's just fucking tomorrow. Then you're 41 and you're like, oh shit, what happened? Yeah. That, that went down. Um, all right, what do you got in your top spot? Top spot, living on a prayer, Bon Jovi. And it's not, it's not in the 90s or the 80s or whenever that song fucking came out. It's 2010. My wedding. So going from the sad to the happy, my wedding, Dr. Com- this, Mrs. The Commish, uh, was, we had a band, as you remember, Brandana. Or maybe you don't. I don't know. Uh, yeah, yeah. You, it was a good fair, time. Fair, touche, touche. Right. But had a band. The band leader, one of the side singers, noticed that my wife was singing around and really getting excited for living on a prayer. Brings her over, gives her the microphone. Dr. Mrs. The Commission, for those that don't know, can sing very well. And then I was kind of ushered over. I can't sing. I don't know any of the words. But they gave me a mic, which I later found out that they actually turned the mic off when they gave it to me. And then I was just had a full-on rock star moment, karaokeing to Living on a Prayer. All of our best friends, family, totally like formed a semicircle around us. We don't have to play the song, but it was like a fantastic like Hall of Fame moment. Like what an exciting time at your wedding, surrounded by your loved ones, just like being showered in that like rock star moment. It was really great. I love it. Yeah, I, I don't have that. We'll play that song. Um, I do have Bon Jovi's cover of the wedding song we did. So this is. It's somewhere in the chorus. You didn't want me to play the song? No, no, I was trying to just speed it up, but that's fine. <laughs> oh yeah. We do we have a yeah, we have a basketball game coming in. We'll figure it out. Yeah. I like that I did the fake mic when I have a real mic in front of me. It's just like, holy like shit. Real mic for the fake mic. Uh, all right, guys, we got to speed up right now. We're going to cover that game one of the Clippers, Laker, and Mab League. You guys can find it on our Twitch account. Be real fast. Uh, my number one song is um, I did Doom Brothers Listen to Music. So it's 2005. Uh, I'm poor in Lawrence. I wrote my first play. Um, I had a breakup, which inspired it. I'm drinking just lime smirnoff with Red Bull pulled it, poured over it. Uh, mm. Aaron Champion has been on the podcast a few times. He's my roommate, uh, and I'm sitting there, and I'm writing my first play, pen to paper, just listening to the song, and then it shows up. Uh, it shows up the scene. It's like every time I hear the song, like it just brings it back. So we'll do a few bars real fast. Let's just, let's take yes, a yes, of course. <laughs> It has a 
Argentinian and to let the student play there. Fantastic. Um, all right, this is the Victor's going to go to you because you like music more, and you brought up a great category. So you, I like it. I think we're all winners, Brandana. Is what it is. I just like it. What if this works on a podcast, like introducing songs and stuff? I think people are going to be super excited. A lot of people are going to be downloading Doobie Brothers right now and living on a prayer. All right, yeah. Uh, hey, Doobie Brothers, you got to you, you fucking owe us a little bump on that. Oh yeah, if we're ever going to get sued, it's this podcast. <laughs> Um, MVP of the week. I'm going to give congrats to Studio Rev's website launching two friends of the podcast. Oh, yeah. Uh, Booth, uh, original guest on the podcast, first of all time. Um, oh, gee. Bog Allen Royalty, Chris Allen, a little company they started. If you need to get music, whatever instrumentals underneath your shit, uh, go check it out. We will share and keep me to this most awesome. We will share a link to their website on our Instagram because we love those guys and congrats to them. What do you got, brother? Ooh, I'm going to go birthday MVP 2.0 for 2.0, two weeks oh. in a row. Uh, yeah. As you're, as you're listening to this, the, the uh, King of the Hill turns four years old. Beautiful little commissette 2.0. That's sparkling. Okay, so it may be sports podcast episode one twenty one. Please follow us on Twitch as we do this league. If you want to hit up the inbox, let's know something you want us to answer a question. It may be sports podcast at gmail.com. I am Brandana. Why don't you sign yourself off? Most sauce. Don't worry, Podians. Power and beauty has not been wasted on this podcast. Runway, style, fame, she likes fashion. Oh.